This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I just felt like I should, I, I felt like I should pronounce that. You know, just to give some love to our to our uh, our home institution. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I just gloss over it. Not today. Congratulations, University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. You have a podcast. I am Dave Etler, and if today's show isn't awesome, well, then I will be a monkey's colostomy bag because with me today, <laughs> our fourth year yeah. students, Kylie Miller. Hey, y'all. Kaylin Campbell. Hello. Third year, Marissa Evers is here. Hello. Evers there you go. is here. <laughs> And third year, Erica Henderson. Hey, everyone. Is here. I think we should take a moment to thank whatever gods exist because Erica's back for her second show. Mm-hmm. Kaylin's back for her second show ever. Last time you were on was 2017. Oh. Special welcome back. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. Thank I, you. We made it. Thank you. Do you both have great podcast voices. Saying as someone who like hates my own voice, like I could listen to your voices all day. Like, oh, if Kaylin, absolutely. If Kaylin said something commanding over the podcast, I would like get my life in order and say, I'm doing this. But isn't that a thing that like everybody just hates their own voices? Yeah. yeah. But you don't have to listen to the show after you've that's recorded true. it. Yeah, so. that's true. But also listen to Kaylin's voice. Like there is something. Oh, well, yeah, there, there. is. Kaylin, uh, say something. Um, I don't know. Say something really super like we should listen to you. Buttered popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I was hoping you'd like bark some kind of military order, but no, that's scary. It just got sensual. That's that's scary. I don't want to. I don't want to break up my Marine Corps voice. You guys never talk to me again. Uh, I think it's worth checking in, uh, actually, with Kylie and Kaylin because uh, where where are you at in, on this magical journey of medical education? Uh, well, I finished my last interview la- a week ago yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in my last semester. Um, just trying to learn anything and get through the day. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And what are you going um, into? General surgery. Nice. Yes. Hence the commanding voice. I yes. would say that no matter. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. That's that's a good point. When you're in the operating room and you need something. Oh yeah, I can. I think people will be like, oh yeah, I'm going to give that to her. <laughs> <laughs> to her. Yeah. Yeah. To her. <laughs> to her. Yeah. Your your syllable emphasis is interesting. Uh, well, you know. Uh, and, and Kylie, you're in a similar situation, I imagine. Yeah, my pulse just went up by like 30 beats a minute. Um, I finished interviews mid-December. Um, and as an extrovert, I was one of those people who was like, oh, interviews are so much fun. Like, who would get tired of this? And it's literally just traveling and meeting new people and having a great time. And then even as a very extroverted extrovert, by like the end of November, I was like, holy cow, I just want to be home. Don't get me wrong, grateful to have interviews, going on the trail, um, making new friends. It's fun to see like, oh, I picked the right field because you'll like love everyone that Mm -hmm. you meet along the way. But I was ready for a rest and to come back to Iowa City and use my brain again. We just finished, uh, or I just finished the first clerkship back since end of September. And uh, flexing the brain cells feels pretty good. Am I right? In, you, did you tell me the other day that this this was your last exam? Uh, second to last. Second so to I last took my exam. second to last exam yesterday, and then have an anesthesia exam in two weeks. Oh, worse oh, for that last. Not yeah, that is. It's not. It's That's, not great. Oh, uh, by the way, I have this for you. Oh. Oh gosh, <laughs> my middle name's on it. Do they come with middle names? No, I think they do. Really? Am I supposed to open this here? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what is that? Okay. Well, you're going to have to explain at some point. But Should I explain first? No, no, no. Look, it's look. very hard for the listeners at home. I mean, I don't know. So I am opening an envelope that says on it, my full name. <laughs> Kylie Jade Miller. Oh, it looks really official. Okay. Okay. That's good. So the, this, this, oh, this is... So uh, Kylie uh, hatched, uh, hatched this scheme with me uh, <laughs> yesterday to figure out how she felt about her potential matches. And of course, uh, you know, uh, you know, her top list of 
the the list of her top programs, right? So the idea, Kylie, maybe yeah. you, maybe you should say. <laughs> so I am very grateful to like have different choices. Being from the West Coast, I've loved going to med school in the Midwest, and then I also interviewed on the East Coast just because there's some great programs out there. But it's made my options kind of vast and wide, and I have different priorities and everything kind of. They all have perks. I wish I could go to one program every year. So I haven't been able Lots to really. Lots of competing uh, yeah. uh, sort of <laughs> ideas <laughs> about where she wants to go. Um, and everyone I talk to, I kind of get a different opinion. And I went someone to make the decision for me as we put together a rank list. As anybody out there, if you're M4s, you know, rank lists are due February 26th. Um, mm. But my number one kind of changes every day. So I got an interesting piece of advice yesterday from Dr. Dan Rundy, who he's a legend here, everyone. Yeah. Knows. He's, he's a hoot. Um, and you get a lot of advice and some of them are repeats, but I hadn't heard this bit yesterday. So he told me that um, at the kind of point in his life when he was trying to match, people were ranking their number ones. And some of them, when they got their number one, weren't that excited because then they realized that wasn't truly what they wanted. So he um, like they picked it for the wrong reasons. So he devised this idea or pass it along to me that you have somebody construct a match letter in an envelope, <laughs> kind of give it to me at an unsuspecting time, like during the podcast, <laughs> um, putting one of those things into writing, opening the envelope and just seeing like, how do you feel? Like, are you sad? Are you happy? Are you like, do you have regrets? And then you get a do over technically since it's not actual match yeah and, and the, absolutely the best time to do this is when you have no time to process what you're feeling such as <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm shaking the podcast doesn't do that justice um, <laughs> are you looks, really i am yeah <laughs> um, i just i just truly didn't appreciate how uh yeah how how worth it this idea might be it keeps me up at night i mean at the end of the day i know anywhere i go it's gonna be great um yeah and emergency medicine's kind of a small enough world. Like I met a lot of people again and again on the interview trail and kind of already made friends. Mm. So there's like the idea of maybe I already know someone in the program, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Did, like, did you see the, uh, the, the, uh, the header on that? Uh... <laughs> so NMRP on this uh, National fake Residence letter. Mashing Program. Yes, usually. it says no regrets, med medical professional. <laughs> <laughs> I might just get that tattooed across my chest. There you go. <laughs> That, that perfectly describes emergency medicine. So, well, congratulations on your fake match. Thanks. That is that was an exciting time, and just goes to show you guys that the anxiety you two may feel now. Oh God! It just transforms and becomes a beautiful butterfly <laughs> next year. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, Alive. That's all I can ask. We for made right it now. here. I think that's yeah. pretty good. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah, we like like escaped from our little holes. With our U world and are you uh, you're you're, you're uh, step oneing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> Talk about that hole. Uh, some days I don't leave my apartment and I study for like fourteen hours, which is kind of depressing. But then I come to school. fourteen hours. You don't do fourteen hours yes. straight. Yeah, yeah, I do. What in the world? Yeah. See, this is I, I couldn't. Do you have bed sores? See, I move. So no, she's I, rotated. Yeah, you know. so I stay in my apartment, but like I'll study at my breakfast counter or my dining room table or my couch or my bed or the floor. Like I just move every two hours, but it's always just still in my apartment. I have this image of you lying in lying in bed with your laptop or whatever, and like flies buzzing around you. Now, <laughs> not far off. There, there have been some of our classmates who have said, "If I showered today, it's a good day." I was gonna point oh. out that between the last time I saw you, I can tell you've showered. Yeah, it's a big improvement. Yeah, you can't say the same about me. <laughs> it's not as obvious. Okay, I showered. Good job. Thank you. Good job. That Thank was you. like my cheat way to get out of studying. I'm normally not a big like shower person. It's just a time suck. And then during, I don't understand. What do you mean you're not a big shower <laughs> person? How often do you shower? <laughs> well, like during dedicated, it was like morning and night. Like, oh, I should shower, even though like you, I haven't okay. left the house. I feel like I need to clear this up. I showered every day on step one. You can shower yeah. every day. Yeah, I shower every most day of as well. I shower every it's day. It's literally five minutes that yeah. you would have to take off from studying. Yeah. And you can't, no, I mean, you could. Dave, oh, actually, you have, you have long hair. Exactly. So, you know, then your hair is wet and you have to moisturize. Well, you don't have to and, like, and wash you your hair. Every day. That's why dry shampoo is there. Yeah. No, that's why I don't necessarily like 
shower sh- every day. Dry shampoo <laughs> is like some sort of uh, magical uh, elixir I, that I don't understand how that works, but I don't know. It can work wonders. You can literally just use mm-hmm. baby powder. Keep that in your... Then, it, um, then you can see it in your well, hair. Well, not right? for us darker-haired individuals, yes. but Dave is at the point in his life <laughs> where the white baby powder would blend right in. Uh, I, I usually use it every morning. I'm actually uh, <laughs> completely black-haired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it never looks dirty, well, so just go. gray. I shower every day only because if I didn't, y'all would regret it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually... I mean, showering every day is fine, but you are... Um, not supposed to wash your hair every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Decreases those natural oils. Yep. I, I, as I've said on the show before, I'm Italian. I am naturally moisturized. <laughs> <laughs> That's gives me the heebie-jeebie. There you go. Um, hey, uh, what, oh, one last aside, just a plug for the environment. One of like the <laughs> best things. <laughs> Here's to Mother Earth. <laughs> May she live long and prosper. Yeah. Um, the one of like the things you can do to cut back your environmental footprint is to take colder showers and less frequently and nope. as a californian like when we were going through the severe drought uh, my roommate commented when i moved to iowa how short my showers were like two oh. to three minutes just in and out to save water but i would frequently just bathe in the ocean and then like kind of dreaded my hair and uh lived by the, the dry that's... shampoo and just once you dry off you just kind of exfoliate rub the salt on your body that's dried off and then huzzah yeah you know even as a person growing up next to the ocean i could never stand the feel of salt on my on my skin never didn't like it so well we're not all divas i guess so uh hey we've got a bunch of upper class women on the show today uh this is possibly the right crowd to answer listener joseph's question here I'll be starting medical school next fall and wondered if you could do a segment on how to manage your life as an MS1. <laughs> it's a pretty broad... Let me see if I can remember. ...question. Oh. Um, God, I mean, there's so many facets that, I mean, we, we could, we could uh, you know, talk about studying, but I think that's just something we've talked about on the show many times. He said manage your life, not manage yeah. your academics necessarily. Yeah those who are in that shower every day <laughs> yeah find or or yeah. overachievers yeah i mean i would say like for me it was finding balance where i think first year can be overwhelming just because like if i don't know his situation of if he was going straight in from undergrad or if he took some time off but like i took time off and getting back into studying was really hard and then trying to find that balance between like okay, I need to be social, but I also need to take care of myself and I need to study. I found if I took care of the first two things, I did better on the academic side. Do you think it makes a difference whether you're uh, fresh out of college or you've taken time off? Yes. Does it? Oh, yeah. You're way less nervy than the other people. Just, I mean, I took four years. If if you've taken... Yeah, I, I took four years and you can just... You you can roll better well, just what you take. You think. took time off as well. You, you, well, you off. were doing something else and yeah. then <laughs> yeah, went to medical serving our t- country. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so, I, but not that that is saying that you should take time off and it'll make you a better medical student. That's not true. I mean, there's a bunch of people in our class who went straight through and are mm-hmm. killing it. Um, but it does give you a little bit more grounding for sure. Perspective. Um, maybe. yeah, because you're like, oh, I'm not gonna die. Something worse has happened. Um. But yeah, I would say what Marissa said, like, you already know what you like. Like, think about what you like in your life. What brings you fulfillment and figure out how to keep doing that. Like, whether or not you're, whether you just graduated or whether you've been working and you just have a few hobbies that you've been keeping up, like, just keep doing that. You might not be able to do it three hours a day like you do now, but you can do it. If your hobby is like being an Instagram influencer and traveling the world, maybe think about some new hobbies. But... (laughs) Especially you can if you're be an Iowa influence. Uh, there's plenty of people. Yeah. There's people in our class who would take pictures in Iowa City. They were still influencers in Iowa City. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or Phil, who's literally left a Yelp review on every single yes. business in this town. Every time I go to look something up, someone in our class, this guy named Phil, has been there. He left a review for the Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out he, to Phil. He's left reviews for places he hasn't even been. Yeah, for my apartment complex. He was like, well, I don't live here, but I know a lot of people do. And I was like, so why? <laughs> that, that, maybe that was his realistic hobby he took up in med yeah. school. Well, Phil, Phil, Phil uh, you were talking about uh, Phil Hong, right? Phil, singular Phil. He, yeah. He, uh, he, 
Um, but there's no fill like this fill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so. I, yeah. I, didn't, I wanted yeah. to be sure. Uh, he is a serial hobbyist as well. Oh, yes. we, actually, I was on the podcast with him yeah. when we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he still does that, but he takes up a hobby. Every week. Like frequently. Uh, a new hobby or something like that. He's, I mean, interesting approach. Jack of all trades. <laughs> Never heard of such a thing, but there you go. So, uh, po but point is, there is time to do stuff. Oh, um, yeah. And you should take that time. Um, my impression is that first semester is kind of a, um, I don't want to say shit show, but it, it's kind <laughs> of a, um, it's, it's a, a period of adjustment. Um. And so it's tempting to sort of give up things that might have, you know, otherwise made kept you sane or, or uh, given you joy, as you said. And I think I don't think that's a good idea. The, I mean, the advice can be different for, I mean, there's everyone's different. Um, but like for me, it was coming in and really using the first semester to make friends and connections with people get to know especially if you're relocating for medical school yeah. get to relearn the town because you never really get that first semester over again where most of the bonding does take place some groups form i mean our class is lucky that we're not very clicky everyone gets along we all see each other in one way or another throughout the year but that first semester is kind of where like you go through the fire together um and so if you really just bury yourself in the books and or kind of stressed to the point where you don't explore um, come second semester or second year, you realize then you're kind of trying to wedge yourself in once you're more comfortable into something that's already formed. Yeah, I was um, going to I was going to suggest um, from my perspective, uh, you know, throw yourself into it in the sense that, you know, there are things to do at your school, right? There are things you can get involved with. Get involved with some of those things like absolutely you're going to get out of medical school um, exactly what you put into it in a lot of different ways. And this is one of those areas where, um, yeah, you could not join. That's fine. And that's a, that's a choice. Um, but I think one of the best ways to get, get out of, to get stuff out of medical, medical school is to really commit to being a part of the experience. Yeah. I've loved it. And I'm sad to graduate. Like that's been said before on the show. And I think, cause it gave me more than just academic stuff. But I guess you know yourself and only you know you. If honoring everything and coming out, going into neurosurgery is your one goal and that's truly going to make you happy, then you focus on that. But for most, I say majority of people, that's not what's necessarily going to fulfill you. So give yourself some breaks there. Everyone learns what they need to do and go forward. We pass our exams and we match and you're gonna look back and have all of these friends supporting you like leaving med school even watching my friends like decide where they're gonna rank top I'm like oh this would be a fun place to visit or like I'd love to go to Boston I'd love to go here because these are like really friendships that are forged for a lifetime uh one of the other things I would suggest for managing your life is 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 not to be afraid to ask for help <laughs> and not to be afraid to admit that you're overwhelmed um because that will that happens to many people. They get overwhelmed and they feel like, oh God, I'm the only person who feels this way. They look around and see everybody else putting on their masks of, of uh, perfection and competence and they don't realize that everybody else is experiencing the same horror that you are um, or joy. But, you know, like it, it's hard to tell from the outside whether other people are experiencing the same things you are. And the only way you're going to know is if you speak up and say, hey, I'm struggling. What about you? I think some of the best friendships were actually like formed from like communal suffering and like sharing of those. <laughs> we always we, we always so. give such a positive view of medical school. And <laughs> it's not suffering and like your dog just died and you know you are living on the street. It's like, oh, I wish I had more time to study for this exam and I want them to know that my achievement does not necessarily re reflect my aptitude. Those sorts of like putting suffering into perspective. Med school's not that bad. And it's also like a torture that we want. Like we chose oh, yeah. this life and I wouldn't want it any other way. So like when I make comments or just like bitch and moan about certain <laughs> things, it's because I'm happy to be here, but I just need like a cathartic release to be like, this sucks right now, but I'm also glad that I'm going through it in a weird way. Yeah. yeah. First year when we'd have tests on like, you know, every Friday or every other Friday um, and Fridays here, Iowa are interview days. 
And <laughs> as someone I took, <laughs> I took so funny two years off. Also in between, obligatorily, I like I did a post back here, and then I worked while I was applying to med school, which. In the end, I'm so happy that I had a couple years off before coming in just for maturing. I wouldn't consider myself an immature person, but I think I <laughs> I respected it a lot more less. when I did get here. Um, but walking down the hallway, seeing people who are still interviewing for med school as someone who wasn't sure I'd ever get in. It was like having that attitude of gratitude and seeing that and being like, wow, that could still be me. And yet I'm here and I would much rather be taking a test knowing that in four years I'm going to have an MD than be in that seat right now. And so just looking at perspective and or like stressing about where am I going to match for residency? It's like, I feel like, okay, I'm going to match. It's going to be okay wherever I go. And I'm somebody who makes the best of every situation. So like, yeah, it's stressful, but we chose to be here. And if you, you know, don't think that it's worth it, then maybe it's not the best choice for you. (laughs) Seek out help in the form of um you know your whatever resources your school provides for medical student counseling um they do a lot more than just you know uh psychology you know uh therapy um they have a lot we have a lot of resources here for um you know uh different learning styles uh we have a pretty pretty cool uh, little library of books um so that you don't have to um buy them um cookies cookies in our <laughs> yeah our counseling center likes to give out lots and lots of cookies um but just like look into those resources don't be afraid to seek them out um if you're having trouble or if you're not having a good time um but you still want to be in medical school then you know don't 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 uh, don't go it alone yeah and the people who know best are the people who have recently been in your shoes, find someone a year ahead of you um, that you can ask questions to, or you know, find someone whose attitude you really admire and think, wow, how are they having such a good time? And be like a little leech, like figure out what's making them tick, how they're doing it, what their success is. Because um, most people, I mean, I feel like are happy to share that with you. Eat well, <laughs> uh, get enough sleep. Get as much sleep as you can possibly get. Um, what else? Yeah, I will say I slept nearly every night. I made sure to get at least eight hours because after college, I did not like through college. I never slept. Mm. And it's I think I've retained more information in med school, have been happier, healthier, well-balanced. Sleep is sleep is the real bee's knees. You know, I don't know how valid this piece of advice is. So you guys help me out here. I just uh, subscribed to one of these meal kit uh mm-hmm. thingies I, I i have tortured my children with my cooking before <laughs> well and some of the podcasters with that weird yeah, jello thing well that oh. was that was my wife's creation <laughs> i i was uh i was uh the inspiration she was the ex, ex executor uh what i'm saying is that um it's actually the one i'm subscribed to i'm not going to tell you what it is because i'm not going to buzz market them but um the one i'm subscribed to is not that expensive um, they send you, uh, like 90% of the ingredients you need minus some salt and pepper and milk and, you know, whatever. Um, and it's a great way to, uh, I've, I'm actually enjoying cooking because I don't have to be like, well, I don't know what to do. Um, and it also means that we're not eating a lot of processed crap that we would otherwise be eating. Um, so I'm kind of happy with this choice. It only cost me uh five seventy five a serving I figured out mm-hmm. that's not bad mm-hmm. um there's always promotions too, and yeah. one of them you know whose initials are h f uh, we'll say the real name if you guys want to sponsor us um I just used it for the first time actually too mm-hmm. um because there was a deal, so I got a week of meals for twenty bucks yeah um and then like you can pass it along to other students and friends and refer them, but they give a fifteen percent off student discount, I think, which is nice i actually really liked all three of the meals so uh downside they will also send you well or upside depending on your point of view they will also send you uh mine also sent me a big um discount for wine (laughs) definitely it was like a hundred dollar off yeah yeah Yeah. oh and i well i got (laughs) cleaning products with mine (laughs) we were like i don't know if we i don't know if we want this much wine in our home you, uh we like wine a lot want, it's about need <laughs> <laughs> someday you, you will want that bottle of wine 
Um, what else? Any other uh, any other tidbits? Hmm. There's a million of them. You just kind of learn as you go, and have no regrets, as this fake match mm. letter says. You know, do your best first time around. Baby outside? Yeah, that is a baby. That is kind of uh, M1. Okay, that is an yeah, child. that is an M1's baby. Yeah, so you can have a baby M1 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, small baby, big yeah, baby. Like, within the like the last two months. Oh, she oh was she the one that was on the podcast, pregnant with us? Uh, that seems fast. That could be. Yes, oh. that would, would make sense. Alan. I think yeah. her name's Jessica. She's okay. Yes, Jessica Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I didn't. Yeah. It's a tiny baby. Darn Super it. tiny. Oh. I like babies. I and other stress relievers puppies. first year. I mean, a lot of people opt to get a dog. Um, mm, careful. Or, you know, I got a cat. Lot lower maintenance. Love dogs. Now I have a cat lady reputation, but it's just like more sensible for me. Because you keep acquiring you, yeah, cats. Yeah, you don't. Like you have it's cats. not a reputation. You, like, you go and <laughs> yeah, you tell them. people that you're a cat lady. It's not a I reputation. No, I do not use the word cat lady. I'm just saying. Yeah. I am a responsible pet owner who knows that I would not be a good dog parent at this time in my life. Yes. Other people in my class totally are. And or like get a dog that's maybe a little older or already trained or things that are you know, a dog that is happy to be inside most of the day or make friends who can't have a dog but want to be your dog walker for free um, network like that. Animals are great stress relievers um, or like volunteer, you know, an hour or two in the weekend at your local shelter if you're not. That's a, a good idea. Parent. But uh, animals definitely bring down the stress. Uh, I look at my cats and my fish probably like three times a day and go, wow, life would really suck if I didn't come home to something furry and cute. Or get a significant other. Yeah. I was going to say, aside from your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> also furry and cute. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, uh, Joseph, best of luck uh, to in your uh, first year and beyond. Let us know how it goes. Um, if you discover any uh, uh, tricks that we didn't cover today, you can send them to the shortcoats at gmail.com uh, and we'll talk about it on the show. All right, in the news. Ugh. The news. If you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. I'm, my brain is done. Yeah. We're not <laughs> talking about that news. As much. Yep. Um, <laughs> if you get an x ray, you get to wear a heavy lead apron to protect your bits and bobs from stray radiation. Bits and bobs. <laughs> but lately, it seems that radiologists and medical medical physicists are questioning that idea. Um, so you know the drill. You go in, get an x-ray, you get this heavy lead thing draped on your naughty bits oh. so that you don't get a... so that you can have babies later, or, you know, for whatever reason. Um, this, this has been going on since the 50s uh, when uh, radiation... Uh, has been thought of as a useful, if somewhat dangerous, tool, right? Ah, thank you, Cold War. Yes. Back then, scientists noticed that fruit flies were harmed by radiation, and it seemed very reasonable to protect people from unnecessary exposure. Um, so, uh, but some are saying this is that this inadvertently increases patients' exposure. That's because the shields uh, do a couple of things that are unintended. They interfere with the quality of images, for instance. They're difficult to position accurately. They may miss the area they're intended to protect. They can obscure the areas the x-rays are trying to image, and that leads to additional imaging. I didn't know this. Also, they cause the auto exposure controls to uh, increase the radiation dose sometimes to compensate for the nearby lead. So hmm. that's not great. Um, I would have, you know, like I would have, I, I know, uh, you know, we've got some pretty sophisticated imaging equipment, but I would have thought auto exposure controls for x-ray machine. I kind of want to be in control of that a little bit. <laughs> uh, I will say another downside to them is contamination. They are not often wiped down and desanitized, maybe everywhere. I don't know. I can't say that I've seen it done personally, but at a program that shall not be named on the interview trail, the resident giving us the tour in a group said in said trauma bay that uh, all the interns got ringworm from the lead. Oh, gross. oh, and I was like, from the lead. Yeah, so the like the lead from shields, the, drape? the aprons from that the you apron? wear. Yeah, they don't. I don't think that they are properly. Uh, oh dear. Maintained, which not to get hospitals in trouble, but I'm sure somebody cleans it. But in that case, all the residents got ringworm. Somebody around. missed Those it. Were, yeah, no, never no, never wiped down. I also didn't realize that one of the biggest sources of x-ray contamination are from scatter. So x-rays bounce around inside the body, including off of the lead shield, increasing its effects. Uh, the lead shield doesn't 
protect from that. So anyway, hospitals are starting to abandon this practice of shielding. It does feel kind of nice, like a weighted blanket for free, yeah. though. And no, warm. but not when you're like in surgery, right? No. Like you have well, to wear I, those things and you're sweating and you're just like, eh. well, it depends on if the OR is super freaking cold. Yeah. Or not, because then if you have the lead on you, then it is a nice little blanket. It's soothing. It's like the mother you never had. Just <laughs> I have a weighted blanket that I love, but oh but I um I almost can't turn over in the night. Mm. You know, has it ever given you ringworm? It has not <laughs> to date, as far as I know, given me ringworm. Uh, yeah. So among the biggest barriers to the idea of of not using them are the fears of patients and staff. It's completely contrary. It's what they've learned in the past. And uh, my perception is that medicine changes very slowly. Um, and state regulations are among the other things that would need to change to make this happen. So I just thought it was, you know, kind of interesting to contemplate this, this, uh, this fundamental change, you know, like even small changes in medicine happen slowly. And, and uh, this seems like a really pop, you know, a big shift in attitudes. So, I mean, sadly, none of us are going to radiology and or know more about it. But I feel like, you know, getting a single x-ray or being in the room for a single x-ray doesn't, you know, you get more exposure just living on Earth in a year's time. Like, I think a year of and it's like it's just like radiation. Five days of background. Like, we're getting our radiation dose today. Yeah. Is like f this whole week would be like one x-ray. One x-ray. Something like that. Which... As a patient, I mean, I guess you don't want to have like, more, but no, but it's minimal comparatively for x-rays. But versus I think the one that would maybe concern me more is like fluoroscopy. Yeah. When you're in just an like, OR, there's like 50 it's images, yeah. constant and it's, I think, a higher level of radiation. And like um, uh, like <clears throat> dental x-rays where they do like 20 and it's your face. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that, never mind. I was going to be really mean. I was going to ask oh. if, that, <laughs> if that's what happened to your face. What do you mean if that's what happened to my face? <laughs> if it just got irradiated. Oh, are you, oh okay. Some, you're just making a some, joke. Sometimes you don't need to go for the, uh, for, the, <laughs> for, the uh, kill? for the good joke. Oh, yeah. Well, you can edit that out. But if it was just Caitlin and I normally wrestling in the hallway, that yeah, I would I've, have thrown that out. You're lucky you're not said where Marissa is. <laughs> It'd be a yelp. You'd punch my, uh, as what did Dave call them? Naughty, Naughty bits? bits? Naughty bits. Dave, this is a scientific show oh, oh. from an esteemed university, and you called them naughty bits. Well, you know. You're uncomfortable saying the words penis, penis. and vagina. Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay. Do you, as an aspiring OB guy, have any trouble saying the word vagina, Erica? I hope not. No, that no. That would be weird. Yeah, it would be, it'd be really weird. You'd be like, Actually, okay, now I'm going to take a look at your hoo-ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see like that's when we did our training session for like the um different like exams the male and female genital exams they like had words that you could say and words that you couldn't say and they didn't have hoo-ha on the words you couldn't say <laughs> so you know maybe seems seems like it seems like it's good to go yeah and yeah. or like you're supposed to mirror kind of the patients i feel like to help them feel more comfortable so if your patient calls it a hoo-ha Maybe that would put them more at ease. I can't, oh my God. I can't imagine. I've, yeah, there's some weirder things I think could have been done. Yeah. But, you know, call it what you want. Marissa, and what are you going to be when you grow up? I am also Ooh. thinking emergency medicine. Ah, No regrets. She's one of the best. No regrets. Yeah. I'm just trying to be a mini Kylie, honestly. Well, who isn't? Uh, I, I want to be a Marissa when it comes to like long distance running. Oh. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not long distance. Absolutely <laughs> oh, okay. not. Okay, just running, I guess. Like, I'd probably catch Dead more lifting. buses in my life. I could run like Marissa. Squatting. Uh, but going back, any any locals out there, come support us saying the word vagina over and over again on a stage. Oh, yes. Uh, we will all be featured. Marissa, I'm signing you up now. Uh, <laughs> and the vagina monologues in February, which benefits one of our local women's health clinics and the V-Day campaign internationally. So it's uh, fun. We've done it before and... Well, I've done it. It's you, good time. Did you, have you done I've, it every year? Yeah, I've done it every year. I just love getting up on a stage and yelling the word vagina over and over again while people imbibe alcoholic beverages. <laughs> yeah. You know, one year I helped with a little graphic design for the vagina monologues, and they gave me a little little certificate, which I immediately hung on my wall, excited to have the word vagina on my wall behind me <laughs> uh, for the squeamish. <laughs> You're the squeamish. Uh, just over two years ago last week, an NIH and FDA rule took effect requiring federally funded clinical trial sponsors to disclose the results 
of those trials. That's after 20 years of encouragement to do so. The journal Science this week released results of a study of more than 4,700 trials that should have been posted in the NIH's clinicaltrials.gov database, um, but weren't. Uh, many sponsors still have not complied with the rule. The rule says that within one year of a trial's completion, the institution or the funder must post the results and other data. But as of last September, 67% of trials by organizations with at least five, five trials have gone unreported. And those who were posted late were on average 268 days late. Um, since we know that negative results are just as important as positive results in trials, um, there's no excuse for this. Get it done. Are these posted, like, can I just go online and, like, yeah, submit a, them? Or is it, like, a process to get them posted? Is kind so of, are you wondering if there's a process problem? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're did, they did have to do some early work, uh, as I recall, simplifying the process and, and making it easy to easier to for people to do it. But, uh, yeah, they don't, uh, you know, I, I think at some point you just got to suck it up and, and post your results. It's kind of important. Well, and... That's how th things get repeated if you don't post your negative results and that information doesn't become part of the scientific conversation. Yeah. Someone else is going to have the same question inevitably and think, oh, I haven't seen anything come out about this. And meanwhile, it's just a shitty experiment. Don't do it. Don't waste your time. Um, the money. And that effort. Yeah. And yeah, funding can go towards a project that may have a favorable outcome. I'm guessing that it's that there's a money side to this. It's like. If Kylie and I have, it's like Darwin versus Wallace. If Kylie and Which I, one am I? You're Wallace. I'm Darwin. <laughs> um, if Kylie and I like have roughly, if I if I like talk to you at a, at a conference in New York, but we practice on opposite coasts, mm -hmm. and we had a similarish idea, and my I did it. I did something. I made something that maybe cost money. I put a lot of money into it, um, and you saw the results. You'd be like, well, we talked about this you know maybe there would be some maybe me withholding it is mm -hmm. it's a it's like a it's like a proprietary um, a trademark a proprietary a, a patent type thing almost. so you don't want somebody to scoop you is that what you're yeah i'm wondering i'm wondering well, i think this is after the trial is yeah and yeah, it's just well, shown to not done have favorable outcomes it actually i mean critically to for, for to your point i had i did not read that it needs to be posted within well because i mean but things don't get published either I mean, the whole point is that negative results don't get published often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think it's part of a systemic problem. Like, look at the journals and how hard it is to get something published in a high impact journal and things that there are so many, and science moves so quickly, there are so many high quality revelationary studies coming out day by day. It's like, they're already too long to read. I mean, if you takes that long to read a journal and you're pooping for that long you should eat more fiber and like, speak to your doctor but that's what we, i know we a now lot. know where <clears throat> Kylie <throat> consumes the majority of her my, scientific literature my residents were the ones that talked about i'm like when do you stay up with all the journal articles and they're like oh yeah when i'm in the bathroom <laughs> um but there's like the volume and is so high coming from all these different angles so much research being done is that i get there's not a whole lot of room to include negative results but i think we have to change the narrative about those being very useful too among those who are not posting promptly are the NIH itself. So, um, oh wow, <laughs> you're you're here to tell me that the government itself is not high, highly efficient. I don't know. Top of I, the rules. Among the penalty, by the way, there are speaking of money, there are penalties uh, for not reporting results. The FDA could impose fines of twelve thousand bucks a day uh, after if it's late, and the NIH said it it would cut off grants. Originally, neither agency has ex exercised those powers. Um, and then the one excuse that I find very weird is that, well, you know, some scientists and their sponsors have said, eh, patients can learn about trials from peer reviewed publications. <laughs> what? No, they can't. <laughs> I can't learn anything from half of those. Okay. That's a weird, that's a weird thing to, that's a weird excuse to make. I mean, there are certain things and I don't even understand the reasoning that you go on that you, that I could just go on PubMed without logging in through the Harden library and just pull up as a free article i don't understand why certain things are free and why certain things aren't but like the public also isn't trained to evaluate yeah, well, I, a study yeah so I mean, and I, I and i don't expect them to be i wouldn't be like well you you, a, read, you you brought you you um 
printed this for me but this is actually a horrible study you're a bad patient, you're a bad patient. i mean i <laughs> you know I, like, I, I, am, like, I consider myself uh, uh as a lay person somewhat knowledgeable because i just hang around with people who you know teach me things sometimes and i can't look at an article and go well that makes sense or not yeah i mean i still have the same problem sometimes but they did talk about i don't remember if it was in our medicine and society course or somewhere in our education we did talk about like the average reading level of you know a patient and how that does like in interfere with compliance and those sorts of things if you're giving them things above their reading level and i think it was the fourth grade level i think it was third grade third grade third or fourth grade that you're supposed to kind of target information at that reading level for people to digest and they will have better outcomes and things with it and none of and i can tell you that's not happening none of those are written at a level and or you can put them into certain generators that look at like the readability and how well written some of those things are and just because they're in great journals does not mean that they are written for easily digest easy digestion and that sort of thing well not only like the actual text of reading it and trying to understand what's going on there but you also have to look at like the statistics sides of it and be like was this a well-designed study like you know is there good enough power and i i don't I still get messed up with that. And we had a couple of journal clubs, I think, during the APM block where they gave us articles and I was like, yeah, it looks good to me. I think it checks out. And somebody yeah, came in terrible. there and like, you <laughs> know, wrecked it. And I was like, oh, OK, don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> no Bio pressure. Is one of yeah. my you, but that's on step one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Those questions have bit me in the ass a yes. lot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can never remember which study is which. But um, the problem too is it perpetuates the kind of inequities in medicine looking at who do we expect to have the upper hand at reading these articles and how are you cutting off accessibility from a whole group who might have lower reading abilities as lower ses communities or non-native english speakers english as a second language things like that that um largely the scientific community is not geared towards providing information to that becomes our responsibility as clinicians and patient advocates well get on it (laughs) science scientists start entering that data suck it up pull the keyboard towards you start pounding Uh, in a legal first pharmaceutical companies executives have been successfully prosecuted for their role in the opioid epidemic this week yesterday in fact as we record this former billionaire John Kapoor and founder of Insys Therapeutics was sentenced to 66 months in prison for his company's policies of aggressively marketing a potent opioid they made to treat cancer pain. In addition to Kapoor, four other executives were found guilty last year of criminal conspiracy to bribe physicians to prescribe subsys to patients who didn't need it, as well as lying to insurance companies so they'd pay for the drug, an oral fentanyl spray that cost $19,000 a year. Two more execs were cooperating witnesses in the trials. Uh, Aside from bribery, the company hired a stripper to persuade doctors to prescribe the drug. Uh, And eventually uh, that that woman, Sunrise Lee, was promoted and was put in charge of a third of the sales team at Insys. Sunrise Lee, a true businesswoman. They also made a rap. I mean, you know. Hey, women supporting women. She I, promoted. Yeah. She did. She I, I, per- yeah. It's many- a great business move. <laughs> I'm not shaming her, shaming the uh, men in charge. They also made a rap video for some reason. A rap video? <laughs> yeah. Like Sunrise can we see Lee it? in it. If you want me, I, I can yes, pull please. it up I here. It might take I a second. I need to see this. They made a rap video for one of these drugs? i just like to, again, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll turn it to okay. point out you. the inexcusable oh 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 wow z real and a bean great by choice narrating this for everyone at home they are all white (laughs) and in suits this is like what i would expect a lonely island video oh exactly the same way i'm on a more time in jail jail just for this video if you want to be great listen to my voice you can be great choice a b and z real back again you, you, you get it let me begin we're changing the game to be great it takes a decision to be better than the competition service here you go this is this is the best part a giant pill 
bad, well I'm the baddest I was created in the lab of the land of the cactus Created on the man in the city, can't match this Even if you ran and you plan and you practice I would still overlap you on the Yeah, they've got a, a giant, uh, a giant, uh, medication delivery device spray of, uh, subsist. Anyway. Okay, this, this, uh, opens up a lot of questions for me. How many medication rap videos are there online? Can I make a playlist? Can I post it somewhere? And yeah. Are there any for ones that we know? Like, is there a Levofloxacin one on there? Because I would get down with that. Like, <laughs> Levofloxacin has not got a high profit margin. So. Uh, I don't know. I was in an interview what, the other day and that? there was a, uh, it's an antibiotic. antibiotic. Uh-huh. Or, or a, a Keflex, like Keflex. I guess you probably don't need to promote Keflex, but what what is the market for this? How do I get well, into this? So again, who do you think like, they're targeting with like rap videos like this? In yeah. or I mean, you know, who, like the people who are who were probably prescribing, they're not, they're probably they probably weren't on the younger side. I mean, because we're being taught to be very critical about like opioids. So, but if this gets around to people who, I mean opioids are flashy and there's a problem with them for a reason and younger people tend to get hooked on them because of prescriptions and then go to things like heroin when this becomes unavailable like take a lot of problems with this and that these guys are sentenced to like i just said 26 months in prison 66 where this one of the other ones was 26 oh, okay. and then this guy at yeah, 66 which you know he's not going to serve a full term and no. if you go into a lot of inner city areas and anyone with like minor drug charges they are so much more likely to spend more time in jail for things like possession of a certain weight of marijuana, you know, intent to distribute and all of this linked to who they are and where they live versus these guys have a lot of money and are protected by that, even though they have probably had more evil intent and like more impact on lives and deaths than yeah. some of your common street uh, drug users. I mean, among the the criticisms of these, of, of the convictions was that they didn't get enough time. I mean, they... they were sentenced to a fraction of what prosecutors wanted, certainly. Um, but, you know, I guess you got to start somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, I I, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know who they're... I, I mean, I had questions about what their audience were was as well when looking at this video. I don't... I don't know. I, 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 I want to say that uh, your average doctor would be like, what the fuck is this yeah. you know like do we is this what is this necessary um but i don't know how much money did they spend yeah. to make this video and are those professional rappers <laughs> Jack, <laughs> like, jacked up pharmaceutical costume there's like this ridiculous like like a aerosol is, is i'm guessing it's the like the sprayable the, yeah, fentanyl the oral like, spray uh, looks delivery ridiculous. device there's some graffiti that looks probably custom i don't know yeah uh, those those Pants that aren't really pants look like she got attacked by a tiger. Yeah, those are um, more expensive equals like, less material equals more expensive. They're charging nineteen thousand dollars a month for this medication, and you know it doesn't cost that much to manufacture. I don't, they, so he didn't say a month. Patients are oh there you go a are single handedly okay. uh, financing the production of rap videos and payment of strippers. Seems unnecessary. How many views does this have? One hundred and twenty-two thousand two hundred and twenty-seven. And it was released In February eighteenth. Uh, to 2019, so. This video was played for the jury in a case in which Insys was charged with creating a kickback scheme for physicians who prescribed the drug. Yes. <laughs> I would have liked to be on that jury. <laughs> <laughs> like, why when I get jury duty, is it never pharmaceutical rap videos? <laughs> Ladies. You're going to see and hear some strange things from your patients on a regular basis. Sometimes they're curious. Sometimes they're worried. They're looking to you for answers. That's why I like to sometimes prepare you for this by visiting the saddest place on earth, Yahoo Answers. (laughs) That still exists? So first, I know, first, I do love a nice warm cup of soup. And suitably for this Iowa snowy day, we have a related question. Uh, Here we go. If you are eating hot soup, you have a runny nose some liquid drips into the soup do you continue eating (laughs) that is that's a silly question because like it's your own drip it's just going right back where it came from who hasn't had this problem in iowa i do love me a warm soup but i don't think i if it's a little if it's a little drip i don't think i'd be too freaked out how many times? Okay. If you need, oh, does this happen to? Uh, are you? You're gonna say what I think you're gonna say. <laughs> does this happen to other people? 
Mm. That's always the when that does first this, question. Does this happen to other people? You're uh, you you're about to eat something, and your saliva, your salivary glands, oh. <laughs> go like all over your spoon. It's called gleeking. I know, but this has happened. To, this does happen to other people, right? I'm not. The, I'm not a freak. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it just to be explosive. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, it's like not you like just let your mouth hang open and it just like, like yeah, it's like little, well, I mean, you're like going in for the bite, like uh, in a former and, life, were you one of Pavlov's dogs? <laughs> okay, so apparently I am the only one. It's okay. I had that moment in anatomy first year when. Dr. Pizzamenti said, and this is the muscle that contracts in the back of the throat to prevent things from refluxing up and out the nose, like when you throw up and my jaw hit the floor and I was like, wait, there's a muscle for that? You, you're not supposed to throw up out your nose? <laughs> and I thought, I thought everybody did. Everybody's different. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently my, uh, my uh, what are they, what are their, what is, what's their official name? The salivary, salivary glands? glands? Is there like a... There's a couple different ones, yeah, but, but that'll do. Mine is, uh, mine is very yeah. powerful. Very powerful. That's how I'm going to look at it. I'm, I'm superhuman. What's your mediocre superpower? Dave's is hypersensitive. Mine is like, <laughs> I can squirt saliva on my oh, own. Oh, no, no, no. On no, my own no, food. No, no. <laughs> Not a good enough reason to use nope. the word squirt. <laughs> okay, this, uh, this question is actually very interesting to me uh, because I, I have a similar problem. This is just becoming Dave's problem. Did you submit these young answer questions? I promise I didn't. Here we go. Why do I randomly smell old smells that I've smelled before? Mm. Sometimes while I'm just sitting on my couch watching TV, I'll randomly start smelling chemicals or something that I've smelled before that isn't pleasant. One, clean your house. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the reason I say this has occurred to me before is, is sometimes I wake up feeling like I'm smelling smoke and I'm like, what's going on? Is somebody cooking? Is somebody like, and then after a minute or two, it it goes away and I'm pretty sure that nobody is cooking or anything like that. So I think this happens to me. You've heard the anecdotal evidence that like, if you start to smell burnt toast, that you're I have heard this. I have heard this. I've heard, I thought it was a tumor. Tumor, brain brain problem, brain problem. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe is this a thing? Do Do you guys not know? I've, it's more a recollection of like smells. Sometimes I will get the whiff of like something else smells and reminds me of like the water at Disneyland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like very specific, yeah. specific smell smells. Is, smell is intimately connected with memory. But like look where your olfactory bulb is. It's, you know, in the brain. I'm sure there's some kind of sense of your brain storing those smells. And like, you know, we don't know a lot about the brain yet comparatively to all there is to know. Maybe your brain can recreate that memory. Maybe you're just pulling out a file. Like when the, you know, Allstate song or I don't know whatever company has a song in a commercial that like just pops into your head randomly. Allstate song. Well, maybe farmers. Maybe we a, are farmers. Maybe a rap video. Oh, from a- <laughs> Those things like just come back into your head. Maybe your brain does the same thing with smells. I think. Well, were you? Do you remember what you were dreaming before you woke no, up smelling no. so? Maybe you were in a house fire. Maybe I was. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't. I. I can. I feel things a lot in my dreams. Maybe it's. Maybe it's different for everybody. Like you, emotional. Emotional. No, you know, I'll be like, I was. T- I was petting a dog, oh. and, and I like. Yeah, I'll feel <laughs> Such like. Pleasant dream. I'll feel like I was petting a dog. Okay. Like that actually happened. Like my brain was like, you remember this? So why couldn't that happen for? Yeah. Sense. Yeah, I guess so. I was on a roller coaster in my dream and woke up and threw up. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I dreamt that I was extremely late to work today. Um, it involved uh, the inability to make my, to arrange the furniture on the outdoor shower deck um, that I was using. It, it involved uh, surprise visitors. It involved cars that didn't function properly. Um, and I was just terrified. I was like, oh, it's now three o'clock and I haven't made it to work yet. <laughs> just wouldn't go at that point. Yeah. You would be missed. All right. Uh, we've all done something we regret. I think that's a good time to reach out and ask about it. If you're worried like this person, I ate five peeps. Will I throw up? I feel like shit and can't move without intense stomach pain. Update. Okay. I'm feeling a little better. Still shitty, but better. I mean, I'm gonna pass this one off to the M3s. <laughs> Wait, eight five what? Five peeps, like, like the little marshmallows. Listen, I've been Stay, a part of that. A, is not much. No, no. I've been a part of an ice cream eating contest where I thought I was going into like a hyperglycemic shock. 
where you will feel shitty, it, you're fine. Fine. This too yeah. shall pass. Yeah. I bet that they had five peeps, peeps and then they just down like a whole Coke. So it was like a Mentos like situation. Oh. And then they that felt like been. a lot of pressure. Yeah. Because five peeps is not is, no, is a- nothing. It's child. So play. here's another. And are we trick. talking about ducks? Or are we talking about bunnies? Because that's a vastly different volume. Volume of peep. So I'm guessing it was five bunnies. You're fine. Did you know if you like snarf a couple bananas real quick and then chug a Sprite, it causes you to projectile vomit violently? I believe oh, I that. I want to try wow. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems useful. Yeah. It's yeah. a good life skill. Is, that like, that a, in is that like an actor thing? I bet. Do they do that so that people can... Other they should than do using that for like the barf the can things. They yeah. should do that for your uh, simulated patients. Uh, oh, they do make. I used vomit, to. Yeah. So they, why not? Uh, well, yeah. when I when I worked, I used to work for what they then called the PBA program, performance based assessment program, and I used to be the one who have to who had to go and get some soup that they oh. use for the puke. Which, I mean, you know, like even the soup that I like becomes horrible when it's used as vomit. So. That way you've yeah. had the same can of split pea p- soup on your shelf in your office. You know damn well that was a gift school. from you. <laughs> it is long expired. Years. People always ask me about the soup and I always have to be like, "That's that was a gift from Kylie. And I, she's forbid me to get rid of it. Do you know there's a peep store in the Mall of America? Really? Yeah. I missed that one. Whole store for peeps. Mall of America is, is like a zoo. It's like a different planet. Yeah. You should yeah. go though. If you haven't gone, have you not gone? I've been there. Oh, no, been there. I've I've been there. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's off the amusement park, so the amusement park is fun. Yeah, that's have a good time. New have challenge: in there. go to the peep store, eat five peeps, get on the roller get on the coaster. roller coaster. Yeah. Only five? Well, with a, with you a might, coke. you're gonna feel like shit with so. a coke. <laughs> <laughs> with a coke. And yeah. do you guys feel like different color peeps have different flavors? Because yes. I'm sensitive to like I can tell Fruit Loops apart, M and M's apart, things based on color. They're all the same. You can no. really do M&M's? Yeah. Wow. We're going to, oh. We're, next time you're on the show, we're doing a taste test. Not free M&M's. I'm for it. <laughs> All like, right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but like also some of those might have like those weird sugar alcohols and like those can cause. Like, no, those can really. Intense GI distress. Yeah. Oh. That yeah. gum, man. With yeah. sugar alcohol. So if it's that. not that, you know. Xylitol. Is yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. So, Sug- yeah. Sugar alcohol. Whatever yeah. it is. Ugh. You can wash your hands. You can clean obsessively. You can use the sanitized setting on your dishwasher. But as this person discovered, it means nothing. A fly hit the inside of my lip earlier. Can I get a disease or something? Poop was feet away and may have gone on it. I wiped my lip right after with my shirt. Please help. I'm freaking out. So wait. He... (laughs) (laughs) Poop was feet away? Poop was feet away. <laughs> he said poop? Poop. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, was it his poop? Did, <laughs> There's a, yeah. did the fly touch? I, I'm confused. He, he uh, I, think, I think this questioner is assuming that the proximity of poop to him, coinci- oh, coincidentally or otherwise, uh, meant that there was a good chance that fly had, had co- come from the poop. Not had pooped. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, that the fly had made contact yes, with the Yes, the fly poop. had yeah. previously made contact with the poop. It just kind of pranced all over the poop. And, right. As, as and then back to vomiting, which seems to be the theme for this latter half of the show. Um, the gross thing is when flies eat something, then they go back and regurgitate it onto the next thing yeah. they land on and eat it. So maybe the fly did vomit poop on his lip and RIP this guy. <laughs> You're supposed to be reassuring to your patients. No one goes to Yahoo Answers expecting reassurance. Yeah. Or they, if they do, they sh- should seek other help. Yeah. Um, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. We've I, we've all like gotten well, you, a fly in our mouth or into our eye or some crazy. And we've know. all kept the toothbrush in yeah. the bathroom. Yeah, and, and that's worse. Engaging in. What? I don't know. Maybe what are you going to say? Add this, add this out. <laughs> Sexual activity is not hygienic. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's, well, I don't know. Judging I'm not, I'm by not gonna the edit questions he posts on posts on Yahoo Answers, maybe he hasn't done that. But like, have you? Have oh. <laughs> <laughs> I played the fifth? Okay. Um, <laughs> Where was that going? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to ask this questioner: Had they ever engaged in in uh, oral genital contact? <laughs> and if they have. Maybe don't worry about the fly. Because, you know. Or like your dog licked you in the face. Yeah. Like that's probably what you're Well, cat. there was that one guy who recently 
What? What? Yeah, he, he <laughs> got licked by his dog and he got some sort of sepsis from it and, and he was probably lost his limbs. Yeah. yeah. So my brother as a kid, sadly, the second brightest of still loves his dog. My family equated dogs mouths being cleaner than people's to somehow confuse that with like dogs mouths have healing powers. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this too. <laughs> yeah. so he would like crash on his bike and get all scraped up and things go right to the backyard and have like the dog lick yeah. it off. And I'm like, cleaner does not mean clean, but he swore by it and like he's still alive to tell the he tale. Healed. So he, he healed. He healed after all. And yeah, I feel like he doesn't even have scars of his childhood. Like maybe the dog spit does have healing powers. Well, uh, you should investigate this someday. But if my results are negative, I will not be publishing. No, you must. <laughs> All right. Here's a answers user seeking input on his proposed treatment for an occupational hazard. Does placing your fingers in hot, soapy, alcoholic water heal them? If I have damaged fingers from guitar abuse, should I place my fingers in the sink with hot water and a few squirts of hand soap and a few drops of rubbing alcohol? Should I do this daily? Because today is my first day, and I feel like I have new fingers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my first day. Uh, no, no. Just a guitar, guitar abuse. You know. Just deal with it. You'll be fine. You'll feel better in an hour. Guitar abuse. Guitar hot, abuse. Hot, is a, is soapy a thing. alcohol water. What does he? <laughs> what does he mean? Is he gonna like mix isopropyl alcohol with hot water? I wouldn't do that. Alcohol, he has very no fingers now. It's dehydrating. Like, yeah. think about when you yeah. touch rubbing alcohol, how, like, dry that leaves your fingers. Was well, he trying yeah. to, like, disintegrate the callus? When he doesn't even have... If it's callus his first day, protective. he doesn't even have callus. Oh, I thought it was, like, the first day of he was doing soaking. the... I, yeah, oh, I thought it was... Right. Okay. The guitar yeah. abuse is chronic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chronic guitar abuse. Chronic guitar. I, first I of all... first guitar. First, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, first of all, uh, you might want to investigate some lessons. Yeah, or... Because you're, if you're abusing the guitar, that's... You've got a little bit... Your your strings aren't close enough to the neck of your guitar, and you need to get a non-shitty guitar. Right. Speaking from experience. Yeah. Do you play guitar? Do you play I... Do you strum? I had a shitty guitar once. Oh, okay. I have a better guitar now that I can't play very well yet. But the first one, I, the strings were like this far off. So I was like, oh, oh my oh, God. Okay, yeah, you're but right. no, I really did not um, inquire to Yahoo Answers <laughs> if I should dip my fingers in alcohol, soapy pop you know, alcohol water. If, if we're, we're talking about dipping fingers in weird things, uh, I... I don't know if it has any benefit, but come on. Did you dip did you dip your fingers in like the melted candle wax? Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like that finger. feels good when you take it off. Or like dry Elmer's glues all over uh, Elmer's glue all over your hands and then peel that. Like there are so many better things you could do if you just want to put weird things on your hands. Yeah. I mean you can get you can buy those wax melter things that they use in what? Physical therapy for arthritis hands or whatever. Like the paraffin mm. dip? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Karen had one. Yep. Karen, Karen is her is, mother. Yes. <laughs> Karen. It's my mom. She has an asymmetrical bob haircut. Oh my It's very, gosh. can I speak to your manager? You have a Karen. I have a Karen. Mom. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good time. Are you from Iowa? Yeah, I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Kylie and Marissa, you're going to be doing emergency medicine, <laughs> hopefully. Fingers crossed. I will award you one credit of fake continuing medical education. Uh, <laughs> as I'm about to teach you this new, un unknown to me anyway, mechanism of uh, teenage injury. I have been dared to commit scooter ankle. What is the least painful way of doing this? <laughs> now, actually doing it would have hurt a crap ton, as I have done it before. So what's the way to induce extreme pain on yourself? While not doing it at the same time. What? So do you want the pain or not? Scooter I, ankle? <laughs> I love that it's like an actual term. Do you, so you know exactly what this yes. person's yeah, talking about? Scooter. in like yeah. 2000s, you know. I had to look it up. I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't sure. Was this euphemistic? What is this? So. But it's literally, yeah. It's literally when you're scootering, scooting. And uh, I don't know, you jump off or something and the scooter whips around and like uh, whacks you in the mm -hmm. ankle. Like. I feel that on a soul <laughs> level, but did you? Did, you've done this to yourself before, but yeah. yeah, we all grew up like when Razor scooters were at their. So, yeah, Razor there scooters. There was a scooter gang in my town. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say what now? <laughs> there was a scooter gang in That's my town. How 
broke my nose like never again got on my scooter uh, you broke your nose on a scooter yeah i like it, those things were sensitive i hit like a crack yeah. in the sidewalk and like flew over the handlebars and just like yeah even for children it's face. a very like small like small size relative to your body you're it's it's like it's like Bad. a toothpick there's no and, way it can support your weight and it, it didn't even mine never got up high enough so it, like the handles were like way down here and i'm like nine nine <laughs> like up here and you know i think that if you speaking from experience one side of the ankle hurts less than the other side oh uh, really i think so i think inner, oh, wait, 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 wait. oh i was gonna guess but okay <laughs> that was my guess it well, was gonna be the inside would be more painful oh, oh no 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 outside hurts more than inside yeah <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. I'm consulting my ankles right now. In case. <laughs> um, I will say though, if like you have to do something to um, put your friends at ease, and like you're not going to get out of this without doing it, like old school metal razor ankle ankle ra- ra- ooh, scooter razor <laughs> razor scooter ankle smack is far better than like your 2020 scooter injuries. Now the Lime, the Lift, oh yeah, all of these oh, motorized yeah. scooters. Now that they're electrified, they. Like, it's the difference between having a sore ankle and saying a bad bunch of bad words versus, like, getting a head bleed and winding up in the ER because those scooters are single-handedly, like, providing job security to every emergency physician in a metropolitan area. They're terrible. They're very dangerous. Somebody's got to keep you all busy. I think you could, like, dedicate a foot that you're, like, an ankle that you want to hit and just, like, soak it in ice beforehand. Oh, that's good. I think it hurts worse when it's cold. Really? I don't know. I mean, because like metal ever, to a cold thing. Well, no, but like you like have you guys ever like soaking your foot in ice and then you, you can't feel anything? Yeah, but in like thirty minutes, you're probably yeah. But you you do it strategically. But what if you freeze your foot and then you hit it and it shatters? <laughs> <laughs> then then you're shit out of luck. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> Well, so, you know, yeah, some people hearing this, especially the kind of person who posts questions like this on Yahoo Answers may take Do you think literally those people and, are listening to this? I, I hope so. I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> uh, they might take it to the logical extreme and be like, well, if a little ice will help, then we I'm going to use liquid nitrogen. Well, that is our show. Uh, Kylie, Marissa, Erica, Kaylin, thank you for being my co-host today. Thank you, Dave. And of course, thank you, Short Coats, for making us a part of your week. If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are available. Short Coats, please visit theshortcoat.com slash store to buy some stickers. Proceeds benefiting the Patient Advocate Foundation. And I remind you that your questions are vital to the show because it means the show can be what you want it to be about. Be like Joseph. Send your questions and comments to theshortcoats at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT and we'll talk about it on the show. While your podcast app is open, while your podcast app is open, give us some stars and a review to let us know if we're doing right by you. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week.